0: What up, Rundown Nation? This is Wall coming at you. I hope everyone enjoyed this exciting week in the football we had. I hope you guys caught our episode last week. It was a good one. If not, go back and check it out. You still might learn some things, even though the week's over. Most importantly, hopefully you guys enjoyed Dr. Woj, Professor Woj, coming at you with DraftKings 101 last week. Mini-episode number four. He went over DraftKings and everything it is, what it entails, and how to play it. You guys, are interested? I highly recommend you check that out. Don't forget to listen to our pa- podcasts every Wednesday. We get you ready for the college football weekend. That's what we do. Well, it's just me today. You know, we got the brains, not the beauty. But I'm sure most of you know that have been following us. We're going to be talking about some sports wagering without woad chair, just wall. Should be a good listen for both intermediate and advanced bettors. Might be a little over the head of beginners, but I encourage you to listen. You might pick up a couple things. I guarantee you'll enjoy it. What are we going to do today? What are we going to talk about? Hedging. Hedging, very important. I get a lot of questions about this. A lot of people are confused with this topic. Really tough to go over in one episode. Really, it should be a week worth of episodes, but I'm going to try for you guys today. I'm going to do my best. I'm going to try to help you guys out. Hedging. What does the Oxford Dictionary define it as? Well, in this scenario we're talking about, They define it as protecting oneself against a loss on, in parentheses, a bet or investment, end parentheses, by making balancing or compensating transactions. Whoa, that's a mouthful, but it describes it well. A lot of you, I know, you only listen to these mini-episodes of mine to get the word origins. Well, here we go. It comes from the Dutch, Heg, or the German, Hecke. Actually, it comes from a hedge, as we know, a row of bushes or trees, well, where's that logic come in? What they would do back in the day is they would line their property with these, you know, hedges or trees. These rows of bushes and trees would actually decrease their land size, but it gave them secure, limited risk inside, AKA, there were less animals going to get in. Well, get real, Wall. What are we going to talk about today? We're going to talk about my definition of that, of hedging, that is. What do I refer to it as? How do I define it? I define it as this. Any subsequent or opposing wager to offset the risk of another wager. Let's break that down a little bit. What are the keys to this? Well, it doesn't have to be at separate times, but it also doesn't have to be at the same time. Along with Oxford's definition, we're gonna need another transaction. In our case, this transaction is another wager, an opposite wager, generally. Main goal with a hedge is to offset risk. Almost always, with a few exceptions, one which we'll go over right away, we limit our profit potential by putting on this hedge. Now, I'm going to tell you there's two types of hedges. You're not going to see this in any sports gambling book. I shouldn't say any, but I, you're unlikely to see this in a sports gambling book as I've come up with it myself. But there are two type of he- types of hedges in my opinion. There's one, a proactive hedge. This is where two bets placed at the same time offset risk. We're not going to go into this one too much. It's a bit more complex. There's a you know, A few more moving parts to it, but an example of this, if you guys want to check it out, would be from episode eight. I talked about a specific first half line I was looking at. It was on the Oklahoma-Kansas game. Again, we're not going to go into this proactive hedging too much, but if you guys did want to look into it, you could probably figure it out for yourselves what it is. Two, reactive hedge. This is a bet placed as a counter to a previously placed bet. Well, this is what most people think of when they think of hedging. What do we need for it? To be a reactive hedge, we need to place the second wager after the first. This is kind of apparent, but it doesn't necessarily have to be an afterthought. We can place the first bet with the thought originally that we're eventually gonna hedge this, this bet. That is very prevalent in futures bets and happens a lot. We'll probably talk about it in a further episode, maybe even a whole mini episode de- dedicated to it. Where does our opportunity for these reactive hedges come from? Well, it comes from the probability of success of our original wager increasing. Basically, we are being proven right. Not to the point where the event has ended, there'd be no longer an opportunity to hedge, but chances are better on our side than they were at the beginning. When we're making these reactive hedges, we need to make sure that we are limiting our risk, but also not locking in a loser. How to do that? Pretty simple. Make sure your calculations and wager sizes are correct. This might not make sense right now, but at the end, end of the episode, it'll come in a little more clear. I think examples are going to be easiest way to understand this, though. We're going to give two examples today, going into two examples, futures and live game betting. I want everybody to understand, though, this is not what hedging is limited to. It's just, as I see it, the easiest way to understand. Let's go into that big Oklahoma-Texas game, the Red River Rivalry, which, as of the recording of this, was just played last week. Let's say someone was smart Listening to the rundown last week and took Texas plus 12, which that was Woj's pick of the week. He got it right. I'm sure we're going to have to hear about it come Wednesday. We'll wait to swallow that pill when it comes, though. Let's say someone put $100 on Texas plus 12. They stand to make $91 if Texas covers, assuming it was at a minus 110. Again, that's the juice. If you don't understand juice, check back our mini episode number one where we went into this in depth. Red River Rivalry. This was an exciting game. But as gamblers, we weren't letting our emotions get in the way. We were looking to limit our risk off of that Texas plus 12 bet we'd already placed. What happens? Come out the second half. Texas gets momentum and ties it up after trailing the whole game. What are we doing? We're looking over to our in-game betting. We now see that Oklahoma is minus 150 to win the game. That's enticing. We're doing the math in our heads. We can bet $75 to win 50. And remember, you can always adjust these numbers to your preferences. But I think this one's the easiest to understand. 75 to win 50. We can't lose both bets. Texas plus 12 and Oklahoma to win. At least one of them has to come in. We may be limited to not losing both bets, but we're not limited to winning both bets, which we can do in this case. Our best case scenario, Oklahoma wins by less than 12, and we catch both sides for $141 in profit versus our original $91, should we have not hedged. Worst case scenario, Texas loses by more than 12, and we lose our $100. With our hedge, minus the loss on our original bet, we're in for a total loss of $50. Well, we hedged, why are we losing money? Don't worry about that. Think about it from a zoomed out perspective. What we've done, we've halved our risk. Originally, we had the possibility to lose $100. Once we put on that hedge, the minute we put in that hedge, our risk decreased by 50%, our max risk, that is. That's a big move, 50% is half. What did we do on the profit side? Well, we increased our profit potential by around 55%, going from a potential profit of $91 to $141. At minus 150, The professionals are putting in Oklahoma chance of winning at 60%. We're going to make an assumption here of true odds, which likely wasn't the case, but it'll make things easier to understand. At the time of our hedge, Texas was around plus five and a half. I don't know exactly the exact number in this case doesn't matter too much, but what it means our chances of winning the plus 12 bet was well over 50% because plus five and a half would be the 50% number. We're gonna stay out of the weeds on this one and just say well over 50%. We could walk back the math and figure out what the actual plus 12 percentage of winning that bet was, but we're not going to. Also, on the Oklahoma bet, we are over 60%. So we have two bets that are over most, in one case, well over 50% chance of coming in. If both these bets come in, we are at max profit. Well, this is a little juicy, it's a good example, but you don't see things this good all the time. Let's go into a futures bet. Uh, example of a hedge on a futures bet. Let's say someone has LSU to win the SEC. This person put, we'll say, $100 at 10-1, to 1, which they were preseason, which is 1000 for those of you that like American odds. Looking good as of now. Usually your best time to hedge is when your team's looking good. We're going to make a lot of assumptions here, but Wager right now is expecting LSU's going to beat Alabama at some point. But, They also have to win the championship game, which all odds point to at this place, they'll be playing Georgia. How the landscape of college football works now, the SEC championship will be in the playoffs. Hey, like it or hate it, that's just the way it is. There's no time for opinions or emotions here. You know, we're trying to make some money. Keep your opinions and emotions to the side. A bet on Georgia to make the playoffs is essentially a bet LSU will not win the SEC. Georgia coming off a loss is going to help our odds this week, part of the reason we're making it this specific week. They're at plus 150 right now. You know, they're moving a lot, but that's the last I saw it at. We have $100 LSU to win the SEC at 10-1. to It's going to pay us $1,000 plus the $100 bet we made. Let's say we put down $100 on Georgia to make the playoffs. This would pay $150 plus our $100 bet. Should Georgia win, we would make back the $100 and we were highly likely to lose on LSU in this scenario. So we made back the $100 and we've collected another $50 on top of it. Big point to remember in this scenario, we do not have a locked hedge. We can lose both sides still, limited risk in a big way, but also added another type of risk to a lesser extent. What we would most likely be looking to do here is hedging our third option with Alabama should we get the chance Later in the season. Well, hopefully that cleared up hedging a little bit for you. So a couple tips for hedging. You know, I think it's great for live game betting. I don't know how many of our listeners do live game betting. I do it myself. I like it. I think people are emotional, you know. Underdog could score first in the game and move the live game favorite to the underdog. The best bet time to make a bet is when emotion has overcome logic. This presents itself a lot in live game betting. The second tip would be to know your numbers. If you're not good with math, stay away from live game betting. You know, it requires fast thinking and statistics, quite frankly, being able to be done quickly in your head. While you may not be able to do live game betting, you have plenty of time should you have a futures bet on and you wanna think about taking a specific week bet. No problem figuring out the math in a week. Never put yourself in a losing proposition. This would be probably my third tip. Some people get scared and take the other side because their bet is down too bad. This is technically a hedge, but not one we want to take on any regular occurrence. Likely means you put too much money on the game and you should just decrease your bet size in the future to avoid this. Another example of locking in a losing proposition. Let's say you bet Alabama minus 10. They're playing LSU. Oh, you see LSU jump to plus 11. Hey, Wall, I just listened to your mini I'm going to hedge my bet. Well, go ahead and hedge, buddy. But what you're doing is... Betting minus 10 on both sides, that's the juice. Again, if you're not familiar with juice, check out our mini episode one, but that's the juice. You've actually done very little to decrease your risk and your upside profit potential has not moved. Factor in the juice, basically you've locked in a loser. That would bring me to my fourth point. Never forget to add to the juice in your calculations. You don't wanna be hedging too much. This is a tool you wanna to use infrequently. Do it too much, you're limiting your profit potential, and you're doing nothing to limit your risk potential on the bets you lose, and you have no opportunity to hedge. A fifth tip, putting on a bet with the intention to hedge at a later time is not a bad strategy. I use this for about 90% of my live game betting. I find live game betting very appealing for this hedging strategy for emo- for reasons we talked about in the first tip. People are emotional. you know. They see an underdog score first. Oh, man, this underdog, they're going to upset them. You get a very favorable line on a favorite that you are wanting to take. I hope everyone enjoyed this episode. Should you have any questions, feel free to tweet me. Send me an email, wall at collegefootballrundown.com. But most importantly, make sure you guys check out our episodes. They come at you Wednesday now instead of Thursday. Until then, though, let's make some money.